Good morning, everyone. Glorious morning, would you say? Yeah. Welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living. My name is Reverend Kathleen Miller. It's my honor to be one of your staff ministers and to preside for this morning's celebration. The Center for Spiritual Living is a spiritual community that blesses all spiritual teachings and teachers. We know that there is no wrong way to worship whether it be lighting a candle, facing the east, burning incense, repeating a mantra, lighting a menorah, or offering prayer. We respect all the ways there are to draw closer to spirit, for even though there may seem to be great differences in the path, the destination is the same. Our vision at the center here is inspiring the recognition of spirit in all. And something wonderful is happening, and we're delighted that you're here with us today. If you're new to the center, or if this is one of the first times that you're joining us, we invite you to visit the welcome table after service. We have some information and a gift package for you that tells you a bit about our community and our teaching. One of the ways that we celebrate is in song, and I invite you to stand and join us in song. This word I now declare is the law of perfect action. This word I now declare is true. I am forever part of the living spirit, creative power of God. the law of perfect action, this word I now declare is true. 
you going, eh? Yeah. Some of the wonderful things that are going on around here are this afternoon, Dr. Rick Moss will facilitate a workshop on healing and transformation, the power of liberating the subconscious mind from 1 o'clock to 3.30 today. The investment is $45 and tickets are available immediately after service at the events table. Dr. Moss is also the featured speaker at this afternoon's 4 o'clock service. We encourage you today to get your ticket for the Mamesa Choir concert being held this coming Friday evening here at the center. This is a wonderful opportunity for Africa and Canada to come together in connection. There is an insert in your program that tells you a little bit about the choir members, and it really brings the personalness and the things that are going on for these young people in Africa alive here in our North America. These people bring an absolute beautiful gift. And through sharing that gift, our support of them increases and improves the quality of life in their homes and their families in Africa. This is a wonderful opportunity to think globally and act globally. It's a wonderful opportunity. I encourage you to get your tickets today. A reminder that youth facilitator training is next Saturday, 
April 25th from 9 to 4. If you love the message that's shared here at the center and you're looking to make a meaningful difference in your life, consider becoming a spirit whisperer. This is an adult that nourishes child's spirit. There's a flyer and the registration form in your program. I encourage you to check that out. One of the community outreach services that we offer is the Mustard Seed Dinner. And the next one's coming up Thursday, April 30th. If you are so inspired to serve in this capacity, we are looking for volunteers for preparing and serving the dinner for the inner city Edmonton community. Volunteers are needed for preparing and serving, and we also welcome any donations of store-bought goods, and they can be brought to the center by noon, April 30th. And we encourage you to please sign up if you would like to participate in that service. You can sign up at the events table after service. One more, just in, well, actually two more. Next Sunday night at 8 on that, so that's April 26th, this next Sunday night at 8 o'clock. Jay Willis will be having a CD release at the Yardbird Suite. It's a lovely venue. And Jay will be backed by an eight-piece ensemble, which includes Brown Anderson, Robin Walters, and the beautiful Anna Beaumont. Tickets are $10 at the door or available through Tickets on the Square. Or you can see Jay today, after service, he'll be at the back. So it proves to be, it would be a wonderful concert and an opportunity for you. One more. And that's it. We would like to thank you for your ongoing support and celebration of our dynamic and growing spiritual community. Our staff ministers are now the featured speakers at the 4 o'clock service. And they're listed on the pink sheet in your program. We also have some wonderful guest musical talent featured for the 4 o'clock service up and coming as well. So we look forward to seeing you there. I'll turn it over to Robin now. So today's featured soloist is Martin Kerr. And uh, the way I first heard of Martin's music is a friend of mine handed me this CD and said, you got to hear this guy, he's fantastic, and I think he'd be perfect for your center so eventually I got Martin booked and he had to cancel and I, he didn't tell me why. He said he had to travel. So a short time later I was reading the paper and it had this little article on Martin Kerr and Canadian Idol. And it turns out that Martin actually placed, uh, was it 16th, Martin? Yeah, so a pretty impressive little run with Canadian Idol. Uh, I've done a little bit of, of TV singing. I know what Martin means when he says he infinitely prefers performing for human beings rather than TV cameras. So I'd like you to welcome Martin. And as he's coming up and getting ready, I just want to tell you he's got a couple of CDs. Are you selling them at the back? Yes. All right. And his uh, CD, I Know You're Out There, was named Best Canadian Pop Album by Toronto Exclusive Magazine. And uh, I just love the lyrics to your songs, Martin. So welcome. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, everyone. It's lovely to see so many radiant faces. And uh, this first song I'd like to share with you is one from my CD, and it's called Something More. Uh, the, uh, the idea of this song was that I wanted to say something to all those people who thought I was crazy for trying to lead a spiritual life. And uh, I'm sure that you may have had the same experience with friends and family, thinking that uh, you're a bit mad for... Um, 
giving up whatever needs to be given up in order to tread the spiritual path because sometimes we have to shed a few things before the, the light of the Spirit can, uh, can shine from us. So uh, this is about living in harmony with the laws of our Creator and uh, the real freedom that that brings. votes for change, but nothing grows from conflict, except the things we hate about ourselves. No, they can't pass a law to end indifference. No human rights can break us from our shells, because true freedom and submission to these commandments, and you say, who needs them? We're out His lips have disappeared from acting serious And watching all his numbers rise and fall He walks on by me singing in the subway And he plugs his ears, won't listen to me calling out that True freedom is in submission to these commandments We say, who needs them? We're all wishing for something About the door to your apartment But how did you think that could keep you safe from anything? True freedom and submission to these commandments And you say, who needs them? We're all wishing for something more remarkable than material True freedom and submission to these commandments And you say, who Submission to these commandments, and you say, Who needs them? But we're out wishing for something more fulfilling than just chilling. Thanks, everyone. Hmm. Wow. 
Each week we have a practitioner team in service to hold consciousness, ground consciousness, and to offer affirmative prayer. They're available after the service in the room just out this door, and they will offer affirmative prayer to any prayer requests that you put from the Opportunity for You card in the program if you place it in the offering basket. Our practitioner team in service this morning is Reverend Pat Bredow, Tammy Banting, Marsha Hoskins, Cassandra Van Merlin, and Elizabeth Manuel. I invite you to join with me in an affirmative prayer for opening this morning's service. You just find yourself right where you are, fully awake and aware of the being present and of the presence, that wonderful source that is in, as, and through all that is. It's revealing itself and expressing itself and delighting in itself in all that is and in each and every one of us. So right here, right now, this morning, I direct gently, subconscious mind, to release any thought, belief, idea, habit pattern that is in any way based in a false sense of separation, limitation, or fear. And I open that space within me for the revelation and the free-flowing expression of pure living spirit. And so I know that I am free. I am free to express and be all that I can be. I am willing, I am open, and I am welcoming. And so it is with a grateful heart that I release this knowing to spirit to do its right and perfect work, knowing that I am inspired and uplifted by the very virtue of my willingness. And so I commend and honor each of you for the courage to be here and to stand in your truth and to open your heart to spirit, to a greater idea, to a free-flowing expression that is beautiful. Releasing and letting go, I let this be so and it is. And I invite you to declare with me And so it is. Our guest speaker this morning and this afternoon, Dr. Rick Moss, came to realize through teaching meditation for 20 years that the wholeness experience alone does not change subconscious patterns. He developed a method of transformation called precognitive re-education. Rick gives seminars and workshops to train people in this technique and also has an international practice. He's gifted with powerful intuitive ability. He provides precog sessions over the phone as well as in person. Rick is the author of the Light Traveler's Notebook and has produced 18 precog CDs. He has a PhD in education from the University of Texas in Austin and he's a minister in religious science. He's going to be facilitating that workshop this afternoon, so I remind you and I encourage you, and I know you're going to be inspired at the after service to get your ticket for that wonderful workshop. So, to speak to you on freeing the mind to know the self, 
Please join me in giving a warm Edmonton welcome to Dr. Rick Moss. Good soon-to-be afternoon. I'm very pleased to be able to be with you today. This is such a wonderful and powerful group of people. When I stand up to speak to a large group of people, I must admit that sometimes I do get a little nervous. And I'm reminded of what one very brilliant man once said. He said, the human brain is an incredible piece of machinery. It starts the moment that you're born, and it doesn't stop until you stand up to speak in public. (laughs) So wish me well. A friend of mine says to me, That even if you're on the right track, if you're not moving fast enough, you're going to get run over. And we're going to come back to this idea in a little bit. But he likes to say this a lot. And sometimes he starts off by saying, son, and then I know I'm in for a lecture. I don't want to lecture today, but what I would like to do is something different. I would like to share with you some interesting ideas. And then with your permission, I'd like to put these ideas into practice. I'd like to offer an experience of what it is that I'm pointing to. And that might involve participation. It may involve asking you to say words or thoughts out loud and my repeating them for a minute or two. So it's going to be a little different today, and I hope that's okay with you. Dr. Ernest Holmes, the founder of religious science, synthesized the great thinkers of the world into the science of mind literature. And then he synthesized the science of mind into one phrase— And that is, God in me, as me, is me. God in me, as me, is me. Very powerful, profound, and true idea. But it does bring up a question. Maybe you've asked yourself this question. If God is being me then how is it that I'm faced with the challenges in my life that I am faced with at the moment? Either relationship challenges or addiction challenges or money challenges. You name it. Why are they there if God is me? I think an answer to this may be found in the idea of the creator as creative. And if we are born and created in the likeness of the Creator, then we're created as creators ourselves. A 
the point here that's crucial is how we do our creation. There are two ways that we can create. Actually, maybe three. We can create from our conscious intention. I want this. I'm going to get it. Do it. And we can create from our subconscious. Now, if our conscious intention is not in alignment with our subconscious, then that can create problems. So, for example, let's say we want to create richness for ourselves, but what if subconsciously we believe that no one would love us if we were rich? What if we want to create an intimate relationship and believe that love is engulfing, threatening, or painful? These subconscious thoughts may be the ones that are creating what we are experiencing. Regarding our creatorship in life, I like what Carl Jung, perhaps one of the greatest psychotherapists ever, says. He says, When our inner situation is not made conscious, it appears outside as fate. It's worth repeating. When our inner situation is not made conscious, it appears outside as fate. And maybe the most direct, maybe the most in-your-face quote about our creatorship comes from A Course in Miracles. It says, I am responsible for what I see, I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. One way that we can further understand this idea of conscious and subconscious creatorship is to get some help from a very brilliant man by the name of Bruce Lipton. And Bruce Lipton writes that the conscious mind processes about 40 bits of information per second. So right now, you're consciously aware of what you're wearing, what I'm saying, some thoughts going through your mind. Maybe they're triggering some remembrances, and then there are probably some random thoughts floating through there, about 40 bits. But the subconscious runs about 40 million bits of information per second. So if you think you want something consciously, but you feel you want something else subconsciously, which one do you think is going to win out? The subconscious need, and it usually is need for safety, the subconscious need will always win out over the conscious want. To quote Dr. Holmes again, he says, The law of mind obeys the orders that we give it, whether we are conscious or unconscious that such orders are being given. What a man has and what he is is the result of the subjective, or subconscious, state 
of his thought. But obviously, in this quote, it's not just what we think we're thinking. It's what's happening at the subconscious level that we're not even aware of. So how do we know what orders we are giving our mind to create? We look to our life. As one of my teachers put it, if you want to see what you really want, look at what you've got. I didn't like it when I heard it either. That's a little scary. So when our creation is not in alignment with what we think we want, it's because beliefs, and beliefs especially from the past, are blocking our intent of the conscious mind. And this is something that if you're able to join us at the workshop, we're going to go more deeply into. So, an example. We might think that we consciously want a loving, intimate relationship, but what if in childhood we experienced neglect or abuse? What if we feel overwhelmed or engulfed by what we think love is? That's going to create a resistance that is very powerful, and it lives in a part of our mind that we could call an inner child part. An inner child, from the perspective of this work, is a bubble of our past that holds an emotion and a perspective. It becomes incumbent upon us to clear that out. Now, one of the ways to clear it out, interestingly enough, is to address the emotion caught in the bubble. Because it turns out that the emotion that is retained from the past makes the past seem real. So as we release the hurt, the pains of the past that still exist in the body, the belief that was the shell for them falls away. And this is something that we're going to do a little of in a few minutes. Let's do another example. Let's talk about abundance. But let's talk about it as the word being rich, because rich actually triggers more stuff from the subconscious than the word abundance. And this is where I'm going to ask you to participate, if you will. I'm going to ask if you would just close your eyes for a minute and feel into yourself. And I'm going to ask you to look for what I call yebits. When you think about being rich, there's some part of your mind that will say, yeah, but. So think about being rich. And if you're willing to say a word out, say it loudly so I can repeat it so everyone can hear it. What yeah buts show up? What does your conscious, subconscious allow you to think now about if I were rich What would be the downside? What would be the negative? What would happen? Got one? How about the, the, the happiness is one thing, but that's probably coming from one part of the mind, but there's another part of the mind that is the downside. Not deserve. So some part of the subconscious is saying, yeah, but I don't deserve it. How about two more? You'd have to act 
Is that what you... How would I act? So it, it might change my behavior if I were rich. I wouldn't act in the same way. Another one. Fearful. If I had all this money, I might become a target. I might be vulnerable. These beliefs and emotions from the past can be cleared out. They're just like pieces of defective mental software. And like software, they have an outpicturing. They have a printout. You have to go in and change the software if you want your printout to change. In the workshop that we're going to do this afternoon, I'm going to demonstrate another way of finding these yebits. And this is called psychokinesiology. And it's pretty cool. It's sort of like this. If you were to put your hand up like I'm doing now, and I said a truth statement, your deltoid muscle would remain strong and your hand would stay like this. But if I said untruth, because the body reacts in a certain way to untruth, if I said one and one is three, and I pushed down on your wrist, you would try to keep it strong, and you're actually your arm would not hold because the body reacts to truth and untruth. We can use that to find out if you want what you think that you want or whether there is subconscious interference. And that's something that we'll explore. It's pretty cool, pretty neat stuff. So this is where we touch on this idea that even if you're on the right track, if you're moving If you're not moving forward fast enough, you're going to get into trouble. And that is, if you want something, but you're not clearing out all that subconscious resistance to it, your intention is going to be run over by the engine of the subconscious. It is incumbent upon us to clear out that resistance. And when we do, our lives change. We have within us what we could call a third aspect of mind, whole mind or divine mind. It is the goodness, the power, the love, the grace that we think of as our true self, as divinity. And it is like a spiritual bank account. But like any bank account, if you're not connecting to it, if you're not making a withdrawal, that money can just sit there and not be brought into your life. Likewise, if that goodness is sitting there untapped, and you're not bringing it into your life because you believe, maybe I don't deserve it, or um, I'm not good enough, well, you're going to block the manifestation of that goodness, that brilliance, that health, that love, that abundance and grace. And it will not be able to shine through the opaqueness of the subconscious fully. So we're actually going to do that now. We're going to do a little clearing. Tell me my time. How much time do I have? About five to ten minutes? Ten minutes. Ah, great. All right. Last time I didn't get this down so well, so I only had five minutes. But with ten minutes, we can change the world. Great. All right. Now, if we're going to change the world, that does involve one downside for some people, and that is that there are emotions in there. So we may liberate some of that stuck emotion. 
there may be release through tears, or there may just be this feeling of emotion coming up. If that is not okay with you, feel free just to observe the process. But I tell you that it is essential to get in touch with the retained emotions because you can't heal what you won't feel. So feeling becomes an essential component in the healing process. So here we go. Close your eyes if you choose. Take a breath. Let yourself settle inside. And here is the most common limiting belief that I've ever found in the 23 years that I've done this work. And it says, who I am is not enough. Now, if you feel that thought and let yourself go into it, it will trigger some emotions, perhaps consciously, but if not subconsciously. It'll trigger some feelings, either shame or anger or resentment or the desire not to feel. Let that be there. It's okay. This thought, who I am is not enough, lives in what we're going to call an inner child. And from the perspective of this work, what an inner child is, is a moment of your past and the perspective and the emotion that got generated in that moment that now sits in your subconscious and acts as software. So let that feeling be there. Now, here's the cool part. Imagine that you are not that inner child, but you, the adult you, the divine being that thou art, are standing in a column of light that is God's love. And imagine that this love, or if you have difficulty with the word love, and some of us do, then just think of it as caring, is not given to you because of your body or your performance or your gifts or your ability to please. It's given to you on the basis of your essence, your being, yourself. Feel that light all around you. It's pretty strong. Now, as you stand in that light, you may feel some delightful senses of yourself. And look out and see that little child. Can you find a feeling of caring or love for that child? If so, go to that child and tell that child that you have come to love care for, look out for it. And since you are bringing the God energy, you have come forever. You can promise that to this part of your mind because you and it are one. And you can tell this child that it was never meant to be the person who played the role of mother or father that was the unconditional, ever-presenting source in this child's life. It's you. That's your job. And imagine spending time with this child, just loving this child. Now, for this to work, two things are important. 
One, you feel the care or the love move through you. And two, you imagine how that child changes as it grows. Imagine that child being loved unconditionally, being protected by you for weeks and months and years. The child is six and eight and ten, growing up differently than you did. Don't imagine that this child will have the same life experiences. Imagine what its life experience is like. At 12 and 15, this child will probably enter into relationships differently than you did because this child knows that he or she is unconditionally loved and doesn't have to get love to prove its worth. Imagine this child at 18 and 20, at 25 and 30, at 35 and 40. Now my question to you, and if you would give me some words, that would help. What is this child like grown up? Give me some words if you would. Strong, confident, calm, whole, peaceful, loving, powerful. And so this child is you without your stuff. What you've done is access your divine mind by clearing away that which blocked your experience of it. How did you do that? You targeted unconditional love to a place in your subconscious where it was not. And then you integrated the love through visualization of growth over time. That process cleared that bubble of the past with its emotions and perspective. And what was revealed is you. You are everything that you've ever wanted. And you are who you are in the light. Who you are And the stuff, the illusion, is temporary. It is merely an unconscious allowing of something that is unreal to exist. You don't have to put up with the illusion of who you are when who you are is absolutely magnificent. So thank you for letting me be with you today. Thank you. I think it's going to be a wonderful workshop this afternoon. Martin, would you like to do another song for us? I would, I would. Thank you. There is nothing I would like better. A couple of people commented on uh, me unusually wearing my Sunday best today. And... Uh, it's because all my jeans are at the dry cleaners. <laughs> Actually, it's because I, I was wearing it for a, a marriage preparation workshop last night. 
that I went to put on by the Anglican Church to sing for them and give us some encouraging words to young couples and sing a few wedding songs. So uh, this little song is one that brides often request to hear as they walk down the aisle. And it's a beautiful song, really, uh, very touching, and uh, it's called When You Say Nothing At All. So I think it's, it's relevant to us because love is always relevant, and also because we could do with listening to ourselves and to each other uh, instead of the telly or the radio or, or even some CD that you bought off a red-haired musician at church. So uh, don't be afraid to sing along a bit. It's amazing how you can speak right to my heart. Without saying a word. You can light up the dark Try as I may, I can never explain What I hear when you don't say a thing The smile on your face lets me know that you need me there's a truth in your eyes saying you'll never leave me. The touch of your hand says you'll catch me whenever I fall. You say it best when you say nothing at all. All day long I can hear people talking out loud But when you hold me near You drown out the crowd Old Mr. Webster could never define What's been said between your heart and mine The smile out of your face lets me know that you need me There's a truth in your eyes saying you'll never leave me The touch of your hand says you'll catch me whenever I fall you say it best when you say nothing at all. You say it best when you say nothing at all. You say it best when you say nothing at all. Sing that with me. You say it best when you say nothing at all. You say it best when you say nothing at all. Very nice. Keep it going. Don't stop now. The smile out of your face lets me know that you need me. There's a truth in your eyes saying you'll never leave me. The touch of your hand says you'll catch me whenever I fall. You say it best. 
Thank you. As our ushers come forward this morning, I'll invite you to join me in an affirmative prayer, acknowledging the wonderful circulation and abundance. So join me in consciousness and know this. I know that the one source circulates and expresses freely and gracefully through and by means of me. That of the many forms that it takes, I know that as I release, I open within me that space to receive. And that is the beautiful divine law of circulation. And I participate joyfully and lovingly in support of the source of my spiritual nourishment and inspiration, the wonderful programs and services that this spiritual community offers. And so I pour forth gratitude in my ability and my willingness and my opportunity to share and circulate and for this I am so very grateful releasing my word letting it be so together we say and so it is
invite Dr. Rick Moss, staff ministers and practitioners to join me. Okay. Okay. I'd like to let you all know that there's a wonderful opportunity to purchase some of Dr. Rick Moss CDs. They're available at the back of the sanctuary. I invite you to take the opportunity that they're here with us today. I invite you to join me now in consciousness and know this. Know that the recognition and the realization of who and what I am is freedom. Freedom to live consciously. Freedom to be an empowered parent to all the world's children, including that beautiful, innocent child within me. And so I know that these ideas and these gifts that are brought in devotion and dedication to life study and understanding and shared so freely and generously with us here today are empowering and strengthening and insightful. I am willing to step into that consciousness of gentle, loving parenting for myself holding and embracing and reinsuring that beautiful, innocent little inner child. And I know that that is the light that then freely expresses through and by means of me and that I am a presence in the world and I am approachable and nourishing to all the beautiful children releasing and letting go and stepping out into the world new and strong and clear. I am so very grateful. Releasing to spirit and letting this be the truth and opening to the full realization and expression of this knowing now. It's done, it's so, and so it is. Please stand and join us in singing This Little Light.
On Monday, I found the gift of love. On Tuesday, priest came from above. On Wednesday, I found a little more faith. Thursday gave me a little more grace. Friday, I learned to watch and pray. Saturday, I knew just what to say. And Sunday, I found the power divine. Just let my little light shine. This little light of mine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.